Ever thought about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to season six of Drink It In The Podcast. Let me entertain you. My name is Jordana Barakhov. By now, you know I'm an educator by trade. However, I am able to completely relate to almost every one of our guests this season. The process of creativity is simply fascinating. They say great minds think alike. Maybe there's something to that. Enjoy season six. Hi, everyone. This is Jordana Barakhov from Drink It In underscore Jordana. And we are now in season six. Unbelievable. And in season six, I've been interviewing Jewish entertainers. And I have with me today an outstanding female Jewish entertainer. And I think what is so amazing about Hanala is that not only is she amazing on her own, but she is tremendously supportive of all women who are out there and they're trying to be creative. They're trying to really put themselves in all areas. And she's just all about let the women shine. So without further ado, Hanala, can you- I love us, that. Can you let give the us women some, shine. Yeah, let the women shine. Could you give us love some it. background? Like, I know you live in Israel now, but like, tell us your story a little bit. Let's hear it. Okay. So I am the oldest of seven children. Mm-hmm. I spent my childhood in Miami Beach, Florida, right near the beach. We had a beautiful- uh, glorious childhood with birthday parties and Sunday picnics and hot weather and you know all the nice things that come with living in Florida. Um, I come from a house where my parents played a lot of music and we sang and we danced and we knew all the Jewish music and it was just a big part of my childhood and I had a pretty traditional upbringing. I went to you know, Orthodox schools. I went to an Orthodox seminary. Um, I come from a Chabad background. So I went on Shlichus for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always had a, you know, a passion for music and for playing and singing and, and, and being heard. And I knew that when I sang, it got quiet in the room and people listened. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, you know, it's a big, long story. I can't tell it in 30 seconds, <laughs> but that kind of, um, that's kind of, you know, where Hanala began, I should say, always loved attention, always loved music, um, and always took risks. <laughs> How'd you get to Israel? When did you move to Israel? So we moved to Israel four years ago. We made Aliyah oh, from okay. Hollywood, Florida, where we oh. had, I always say Florida is like your pre-Israel move. Like everyone's like, should we move? Like Detroit's the pits or Toronto's the pits or nobody wants to live in Muncie. Let's move to Florida. That's a better Jewish life. And then you move to Florida and then you're living in Florida and you're like, who are we kidding? We need to make Aliyah. So (laughs) that's the process. And that was the process for us. We moved to Florida. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And once you're in Florida and you realize something's missing, there's nowhere nicer to go to Israel. You know, you want to hear something interesting. I know you said you have so many questions for me also. So very interesting. My whole father's side is from Florida. The Young Israel of Hollywood was started by my aunt. She started- the Young Israel of Hollywood on, on, on Oakland Park Boulevard over there, near, the, near their Fort Lauderdale. Oh, 
No. I'm sorry. You're talking about Hollywood, not yes. Fort Lauderdale. Is yes. it across from Chabad? Because there's a... I, there might be a Chabad there now. I know there's a Sephardi right. shul now. There's a Chabad. It used to be Rabbi Davis, used to be the rabbi of the shul. Okay. But it first started in my aunt's house. My, when my aunt had moved down to Florida, her, her husband at the time was a doctor. And they used to have rules that you had to live a certain amount of uh, miles from the actual hospital. And so she lived in Hollywood and she had her four, bo- her four boys, which are my cousins, and she wanted to have a Jewish, uh, you know, home for them. And so she was a pioneer, you're saying? Yes, she and a few other that. families. And so they would alternate having the shul in their homes. And my grandfather would go and it was really nice. And then it just blossomed right now where the shul is. I think it's like Sterling. I think that's what it is. Where the that shul, makes sense. Yes. Where the shul is right now, it, they originally had rented a house. Mm-hmm. And after they rented that house, they built that huge Oshul. It's like a big school. Okay. She's still alive, man. And she was even also the principal of the Hebrew Academy. That Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I do have some ties to Florida. <laughs> but, uh, so let me let me hear. So now, when did this whole okay. music... I know you're saying you came from a home of music, which is so beautiful that it was a passion, even from such a young age. Like mm-hmm. When did it turn into something more professional? Um, You know, uh, the... <laughs> I never anticipated um, making a lot of money being a female singer, even though there were times that I made a lot of money being a female singer. Uh There were times when I made thousands of dollars a week performing and and, Uh and being paid for my shows. And and I was flown out and, you know, my, I I had great experiences and I was invited back and, and I was selling albums. I sold maybe at least 12,000 actual hard print albums in my life from my seven albums over the years. Um, So I, I, Baruch Hashem, like was able to sustain my career as a performer. But if I look back now, um, I will say that that's probably the reason that I understand people's journey into the arts and the challenges it brings because it's not always consistent and it's not always fair and it's not, and it doesn't always work. Right. So, you know, I, I had, I, I I had the musical experience that was meant for me and I learned a lot from it. And now I just feel like I have what to offer a generation of young people who might want to do what I do and make a living from it. So now you write your own music as well. Um, as a look, I what do you mean? Instead of singing other people's music, like mainly you. Yeah, so I'm not. A, you... I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a singer who sings other people's music. Okay. I'm Hanala who sings Hanala's music. Yeah, that's just checking. I'm just checking. There are different people to different things. Because For I want sure. to. Because I want to For ask sure. you about like like because you're such a creative, artistic person. Is there a certain process? Like I, <laughs> we have this tradition in my home of recent where we have the singer, his name is Gavriel, and he comes to my backyard every summer and we have a little Kruzitz and we have a whole barbecue and we ask him questions and he tells us like, like you know, when he writes his music, he has like this process. Mm-hmm, there, you, mm-hmm. you have a certain process, a yes. creative process. Let's yes, yes. Well, I'll tell you like this. The, the reason that um, I have a specific process is because at some point when you have to, deliver a song at a certain point to a certain person, you have to come up with a formula that works so you can accept the jobs. 
So mm-hmm. if you know you take a job to write music for somebody or for something, okay, and you don't have a plan, you can't just tell the people waiting for the song, um, I need to go to the mountains for a retreat for a few months and like get spiritual and connect and see what it's like. No, 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 no. I need a song in three days at 7 p.m. That's exactly for this audience. And I need it to be good. So, you know, when I first started, I didn't have a a formula as much as I try different things. You know, you explore music. That's what it's all about. You explore, you see what feels right. You build um, small musical ideas. But as I got more professional with my music, I um, came up with a very clear and precise um, I don't, it's not really a formula, but you know, it's just a style. I have a style on, on, on how I write mm-hmm. and it's something that I share. I tell people, I actually have a, a actual course on show business mm-hmm. and on songwriting. And I explain how you write different types of songs for different types of people, how you do it well and how you get paid for it. Wow. So I, you know, when you write professionally, it's not just like, I need inspiration. It needs to be like, this is what I do for a living. I'm Hanala the songwriter. So it takes discipline. It takes structure. You know, right. you just, yeah. And it always takes inspiration. It always right. takes inspiration. <laughs> something specific that inspires you or could just be anything. Well, music in itself inspires me. I don't know if that sounds strange, but like no. when I listen to music and I listen to other people's music and I listen to my own music and I realize the power that music has and how it moves us in this incredible way, that in itself, like, it's a really, um, it's a, it's a really good feeling to know that you create something that can move people that way. Mm-hmm. It's like a really, yeah, it's really a special and unique experience. So I like to do that. Like I love to write, let's say I'm writing for um, a school player for a kid's DVD. Um, I have to provoke a certain or evoke a certain feeling in the audience that's watching and listening to the song. So I have to sit down and ask myself, okay, who's listening to the song? How do I want them to feel? What's the, um, the vibe of the story? How does the song contribute to the story? How does the song distract from the story? There's a lot of like different components that, you know, I think about when I'm putting together music. Um, and it's fun for me. It's fun. I find joy in it. I love, it's like a puzzle. I put it together and it clicks and I'm like, Oh my gosh, the song is here. Hello. Mazel tov. Welcome to the world. (laughs) It's so so funny because as a teacher and how I prepare something, it's so similar to how you prepare a song. Cause you're saying, you know, it might sound funny. Oh, um, music inspires you to produce music. So I learned Torah and it inspires me to give over more Torah. So it's like very similar. And then, you know, when it all comes together or if I'm writing something, I find it very therapeutic to write. Mm-hmm. But when it all comes together, you're like, ah, you know, it's like that. Gishmak. Yes, Gishmak. yes. <laughs> and even when you had started earlier that, you know, I loved what you had said earlier. You had started off with that. You had noticed that when you would sing and you were performing, people took note. And, and that's like a, such a powerful point because also for myself, when I'm in front of the classroom or if I'm giving a lecture, if I'm giving a class, now it's a little bit harder over Zoom because everyone's quiet. Yeah. But, but right. now you get, you get you, if you're in a live audience and you could just feel it, like you could feel the energy. Yeah, the it's, not, it's important to know your strengths. 
Because right. if you don't believe in yourself and believe in what you're capable of, what do you, what, what are you going to nurture? What are you going to fix? What are you going to work on? Like right. you need to know what you are worth and what your value is and what you have to contribute and hone into those things and be the best version of that. And that's right. something that I think a lot of girls that or women and girls that are creative struggle with because they're not sure what their message for the world is and they're not sure what their voice is right and they're not sure what they want to give over and if they have the confidence to do it but if you you know people like you and i we recognize what we have to contribute and we work on ourselves so that what we do contribute is positive but that first step is knowing what you're worth right you know it's so funny that you say that it's, it's by the time this this uh, podcast comes out, it'll be known. So I could say it over here and share with you, but it will be known already by then. I'm starting this new business. Like you were saying that you give courses. I'm giving, uh, I'm starting what's called women empowerment groups. Okay. Starting to be slowly introduced this coming week on Instagram and on Facebook. Cause that you're right. I have it. You have it. We have the skill set, and mm-hmm. more people need it. And so I'm, I'm developing yeah. this course on how to develop it a little bit better in all different ages and stages in our lives. So well, I will bless you now that it should be with Mazel. Amen. Thank you, Hanel. I appreciate it. I'm working really hard at it. So I really I know it's successful, you are. not only for myself, but just for the people that should gain, you know, that's 100%. what's important. Now, yeah, 100%. is there somebody out there that you would like, you were saying, you know, you listen to music, but is there someone that you would like say, I always wanted to collaborate with them. I always wanted to sing with that person. It doesn't have to be like, it could be like a real dream or it could be that like- That is a really scene. good question. Ooh, I like that. That's a really good question. Okay, so let's let, let's back up for a second. Okay. There's no question. There's no question that there's a tremendous um, uh, force unleashed when a man and woman sing together. Right. Because the most incredible duets, if you've ever heard- uh, Andrea Puccelli and Celine Dion seeing the, the right. contrast of the female voice and the male voice and the emotion and the love that you could express through music. It's like, hello. <laughs> so there's no question that I'm sure that would be amazing to be able, you know, I'm sure that would be, and, mm. and, and that actually helps me um, feel better about Kolisha because I mm. recognize what it protects you from because mm-hmm. it's so intimate to sing with a, another person if you're truly a singer, it's so intimate, your voice and your, your nishamas comes out when you're singing that it's not sneeze to sing with a man. It's just not. Right. So, you know, I, I don't have an issue with that. As far as women goes, I'll be honest with you. I've had amazing opportunities. Um, two years ago, Devorah Schwartz came to Israel and I said, Devorah, come over. We're recording. She came over. We recorded a song together. It literally went viral. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Then um, Chaya Kogan, she's a singer in Israel, and I, I'm good friends with her. I said, Chaya, come over. We're co- doing a cover. We did it, and everyone loved it. Then Dabi Bam was in Israel, and I was like, Dabi, you're coming to my house. We're singing a song. She came over. I loved her. We sang a song. Um, and then I had Bracha Jaffe recently. Um, I had opportunities to play piano while other girls sang. I've really had a lot of, and I have a band. I play with women all the time. I really have a lot of experiences to work with other people which is something that a lot of singers dream about because it doesn't always come your way. Um, and I will tell you that it's a beautiful experience with each person. So maybe like Def Leppard, I wouldn't mind being like in their band and singing those harmonies that or Brian Adams, like, right. oh, like a rock band from the eighties. But 
you know, other than that, I have all the opportunities I need. Bro. So. Oh, you're so cute. I love it. Thank you for being real. I appreciate that. That's what I meant. Like, cause that's what I was referring to, you know, like deep down yeah. inside, you know, who would you like? Sure. To be good? Rock, so you, out, rock, rock out, rock it out. Rock it out. Yeah. Rock yes, it out. Yes. So that you touched on two things. When you mentioned the term Kol Isha, so I just, just in case it's somebody who's listening and doesn't know, Kol Isha literally means the voice of a woman. And according to Jewish law, men are not allowed to hear other women sing. And if you noticed, I, I phrased it that way. It's very important. And I don't know if you agree with me, Kanala, or not, but it's men are not allowed to hear the woman sing. It's not that a woman isn't allowed. Shouldn't to, sing. Right. It's, it's not it's, that it's, a woman shouldn't sing. It's that it's, a woman... Right. That a man is not, you know, there's that famous, very famous story. I think it was Rav Moshe Feinstein. He had walked into his house. I think it was the story of him. If you you know the story and I'm giving the wrong rabbi, please correct me. Mm -hmm. He walked into his house and his housekeeper was in the kitchen singing while she was cleaning. And his students were like, should we tell, well, go tell her to stop singing. He says, no, 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 no. You're not going to tell her to stop singing. She doesn't have to stop singing. I will walk out. It's on me. It's not on her to stop. It's on me not to listen. So I just, that's why I wanted to clarify that men are not allowed to hear a woman sing on her own. So it's very important. So now you said you don't have an issue with that. And it's interesting because everybody has their own thing. Like I don't have an issue with modesty. That's not, that wasn't necessarily, I mean, I grew up modern Orthodox and then I became more um, when I was in 11th grade. But once I, I transitioned, it wasn't something I had a difficulty with. It wasn't something that, and hair covering, that also wasn't something I had a difficulty. I have difficulty in other areas, okay. don't think I'm a saint. But okay. so cold issue was never an issue for you. Like you never felt like you were no. missing. No, no, no. That's fine. No, that's fine. No, that's fine. Because like I said, like I was missing. Yeah. yeah. And I, and until today, I will tell you that I have no time but to sing for men. I don't, right. I don't, that's not my Right, it's not your challenge. It's not, it's not something you need. It's right. not, it's not even my challenge. It's just. I don't want to sing. I would. I don't want to dance in front of the men. I don't want to speak in front of the men. I don't do anything in front of the men. Like I'm a girl's girl. Like I just want to hang out with the girls. Like I'm not interested in the men. So for me, it's not not a challenge. You're so cute. You're so cute. And then you also the other thing you touched on is playing piano. Is there how many instruments do you play? Is that let me hear. Play piano and I play guitar and I play on my husband's nerves. But that's his joke, not mine. <laughs> that's his joke, not mine. Um, I, 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 okay, so I, I, I'm not a classically or professionally trained musician. I'm a self-taught musician, but I'm a very disciplined self-taught musician. I went to YouTube University. I spent five hours a day watching tutorials and teaching myself. And I have learned everything I know through, you know, either the internet or books or other people. So, you know, I, I definitely will say that like anything, if the passion is there, that's half the job. And then you have to just take, you know, be professional. So I, I worked on the professional, the passion was always there. And now I consider myself a professional musician, even though technically I'm not a trained musician. That's fine. That's fine. You know, my kids went to the same school called YouTube. Each one of my kids <laughs> used the guitar. And amazing. He, it's, it's amazing. Free. And it's my 12 year old, he just learned how to play guitar this summer in camp. They had like a special hug, a special club. And he's outstanding. He runs the Kumsitz every Friday in his school. It's such a beautiful thing yes. when people um, can express themselves with an instrument. It's yeah. just such a beautiful tool. And I always tell anyone who asks me, how do I get into music? My first thing is, 
learn how to play an instrument because at least you'll be able to show up somewhere and play while you sing and you won't have to rely on someone else. So just start from there. Right. Now, you also had mentioned that you participated in a female band in Israel. You know, I have a sister-in-law that used to be in a a part of a female band. Her name is Saralea Barachov. Do you know? Do you ever hear of her? No, no. But I just want to... Yeah. Go ahead. I'm just saying she writes music. She, she happens to have written some beautiful it stuff. Could be, it could be that I've crossed paths with her for her stuff. It's totally possible. Now, I just want to say I don't have, I don't, I didn't play with the female band. Okay. I, I, Hanala, yes. have a band. I'm the Hanala band. So oh, sorry. Okay. I, You're the Hanala okay. band. Okay. Yeah. So the girls work for me. They, okay. I hire them to play accompaniment to my show. So I did, um, there's always something cooking, but recently I did a Kumsit and mm-hmm. we had an audience of HMS and we filmed it and it's for sale on, on mm-hmm. my website and you could buy it once and watch it, buy it once and watch it forever. It's really beautiful. Um, so they performed the songs that we chose. We had songbooks and we had rehearsals and then we made a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working with musicians now on doing a concert with all my greatest hits from the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really big. Um, and then, you know, my husband is a producer. He does sound and light and he has a, a big company in, Amer- in Florida that does all the parties. So he's my sound and light guy. So <laughs> everything comes together really nicely. So now it's so funny you had something you mentioned YouTube. So social media, let's talk about that. Transitioning, because you know what I'm saying? Because you're, you're yeah. been a, you, you've been a, a musician for many years and it was yes. prior to social media. Yes. And then social media came. Yes. Boom. Let me hear about this. Okay. First of all, I did not get on the social media train until recently. Right. So I actually was on, I had, I had a Facebook account with 5,000 friends, but I, and I shared things and everybody knew who I was, but it, I, you know, my CDs were selling in stores and I was doing concerts and I was, you know, whatever musical projects I was busy with. Um, yeah. And then when I made Aliyah, I, a year into our trip, one of my, I started making comedy videos on on youtube i was posting them or facebook actually and they went viral on facebook they used to have 20 it doesn't happen anymore but my comedy videos had 20 30 40 000, 50 000 views like people wow. were watching me entertain and they loved it so i realized that um if i want to grow my audience that i should probably start using instagram mm. so i made my account public and in the last three years became, you know, I found my message on, on social media. I will say that social media is a tremendously positive tool for entertainers. It really enables me to reach hundreds of thousands of people in a way that I would never have been able to, you know, previously I connect it's instant. It's fun. Um, I, I could sell my concert. I sell my masterclass. Um, it's entertaining. I, re- I received the most beautiful messages from people all around the world. It's been extremely, extremely positive, but it's also, uh, uh, what's the word I want to say? It is also a very, very dangerous place to hang out in. Yes. That's my thought on social media. Well, like, like everything in our world, right? It has its ups and downs. Everything has you gotta its be careful. You right. got to be careful. You the hills, yourself. the valleys, the night, yes. the day. Yeah, everything. you got to reflect. You got to know yourself. You got to examine yourself before you start posting every day and oversharing and, right. and or sharing at all because sharing is sharing. Some right. people do and some people don't. And when you do, right. you open yourself up to things. 
Right, right, 100%. Uh, you know, when I first started this podcast, my first season was Social Media, Where's the Line? Because I love that. I want to go listen to that because okay. I, I was obsessed with the topic for months. I was Yes, when I first obsessed. started, exactly. When I first started, was I started in 2019, the summer of 2019, around that time. That's when I opened up Facebook, even Facebook, Instagram. I didn't have social media until then. And I'm like, what, what is going on? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I said, you know what? Then I started my podcast just a year ago. And when it was working with my business coach, she's, she's like, pick a topic. I said, well, I've got to, I don't, I don't have a grasp on this social media bit. And I was like, I, I had a series of questions. You explored and I, it. And I, and I asked the same questions to six different women and I got different answers. Which, which was great because that's, there was no right or wrong answer. I just wanted to understand. I wanted to get a feel. I wanted to get a take on different people. I had, like, I had, I had interviewed Yafa Palti, Rochi Kovel, Sarah Gig, who's the Hasidic hipster. Um, you know, I interviewed many different, six different women. And what did you take away from it, bottom line? If you have uh, to, like, say all these months later. Okay, so if you want the different, different people had different takes between posts versus stories. Right, that's just the technical. Okay, no, I'm talking about I'm what they would this. what they would put on a story versus what they would put on a post. Uh, eh, please, I'm just saying, just, you want to know. You want to know. But what yeah. was interesting was, and this is what my daughter, my daughter is now 27. She had told me this anyway originally. She said, "Never post or story without processing. Don't do anything as a knee jerk reaction. You don't if something happens to you. You don't go all, all of a sudden take your phone and start. No, sit with it." process it, let it settle, and then decide what you want to share or not share. Now, she's, maybe you might find it therapeutic. You want to make that video, but don't put it out. Wait until the next I find day. it fascinating that people want to share all together. This is my, <laughs> my, no, I'm serious, my core issue, because I feel like, I know this is going to sound outrageous, but okay. I don't think I'm alone. I don't think I'm alone in this sentiment. I truly feel like entertainers got the raw end of the deal with social media because everyone has become entertainers mm. and it used to be a niche where you are the entertainers you are the singers and the comedians and the speakers and the ones who get the attention and the ones that have a message and the ones that have a voice and now everyone with a phone has a voice and you're competing so i'm an entertainer through and through right that is who i am and i have to think to myself i why did my music reel or I, I really don't do this, but like I have to, in a sense, compete with somebody who might just be a housewife somewhere and, and, and has a huge following because she's hilarious. And now, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, it puts you on uneven. It, it's just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to explain. I hope that makes sense. I hear what you're saying. You know, um, you feel like you had a certain, tell me if I'm correct in the analysis you feel like you had a certain role and now you feel maybe other people are cringing upon your space exactly your, exactly that's all and we're we're like hello <laughs> I, I i get that i, I get that that's but that, like i said i think even uh taylor swift felt that about a tiktok 16 year old who might mm. have more views than her or might get more attention than her and taylor swift is thinking 20 years i'm on stage hustling to become taylor swift and overnight this little girl in her room with the hairbrush becomes the next hot thing it's like very you know well well that's in general social media i think in general i mean come on i mean how many i don't know if you've watched you have 
if your kids watch it, what what is that? That is these guys who do these prank stuff. I forgot what my called. kids don't watch any of this stuff. Okay. They're not on social media. Oh, okay. No, it's like on YouTube. There's this. Okay, there's or a, YouTube. Okay, so they just do these things, and it's like the silliest things, and like it's just like silliness. Or how about when a cat falls? You ever see the the animal ones? And the there's kids, a, listen, there's a lot of wonderful yeah. things to watch and enjoy. Right. But I but then also I also have an issue with with social media at, at its core because right. I don't think human beings are supposed to see each other like this all the time. Right. We're physically supposed to live in family situations where we have siblings and relatives around us and we live and thrive with people similar to us and social media just exposes us to so many people, so many ideas, so many messages so many influences and I don't think human beings are supposed to be this distracted. And that's why people are, are not doing the things they need to do to be healthy, to be, um, you know, stable. They're, they're just distracted by so much through their phone. So, you know, you know what you would like to listen to, uh, just came out today and I could promote it because I'm on it, but, (laughs) um, there was, there's a podcast called the normal from women. And they, know, re-brand, yeah. mm-hmm. they rebranded themselves. So okay. now they're called Deep Meaningful Conversations. So season okay. two just came out and, and their whole first episode is all about oversharing. Beautiful. I think the, there's no, listen, it's straight from the Chumash. Right. Jewish tents don't face each other and Instagram and social media is all about open windows facing each other and anyone. And yes, you can learn Torah and yes, you can do it with boundaries and yes, it can be positive, but most of it, unfortunately speaks to our, our, our Yetzir Hara. And, you know, ultimately I, I think we would be better off without it. Now that said, it's here. It's here. And I intend to become very successful using it. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I want to ask you like two more questions. And if there was something sure. I know you had mentioned earlier before we started that you had sure. wanted to ask me, so I, feel free. I'm all, okay. I'm all, I'm all good. Um, I wanted to ask you, looking back on your career now, was there uh, a moment that you like had like this regret? Like, I'm like, oh no, like a regretful moment at all? Like... Uh, okay i'll tell you no no yes and no okay i'll tell you like this okay part of being an artist and being a creative is having a lot of mistakes Mm -hmm. (laughs) because mistakes are where you challenge yourself where you grow where you you learn your nature and you learn what you're capable of and how you can move past mistakes because some mistakes are really painful and you have to really get yourself together and keep moving so but those that makes great um, fodder for artists. Like that's mm-hmm. food for artists. So I don't think any artists regret bad decisions or 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 heartache or pain or mistakes. Um, there have been moments where I was just like so frustrated with technology mm-hmm. or so frustrated with um, maybe some unfair treatment. I want to say like I don't like like what's the word. Um, you know, as a woman, there's there's certain things that are not available or accessible to you like they are to the men Jewish singers. It's just mm. the fact of the matter. So there were moments when I was just so upset about 
my voice, not my singing voice, my, my voice as a person being like ignored because mm. it's part of Kalisha. And that wasn't, and I didn't always, and I don't feel like that's fair. Like I'm Hanala and I have a voice that's not a singing voice. And just like other singers and entertainers can say whatever they want and be heard, you know, my, I don't, I, sometimes I get the feeling like I'm, I'm not as important in that way. Mm. Does that sound funny? Yeah, no, 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 that's real. I hear that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I, I, would you have that with as female speakers? You know, now right. more and more female speakers are becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes I'll be like, hello. They have so many male speakers lined up for a weekend retreat. And you have a sprinkle of female. Right. So many men and just a few women. Like, hello. Right. Or, or most of, and a lot of, and a lot of, oh, I'll tell you this one. Very interesting. Um, I'm, I was thinking of writing a book. And I was talking to a publishing, a Jewish publishing company. And uh, I told them I would like to uh, do a Parsha book. I said, I do this whole drink it in. I'm on year three already of drink it in. I can Mm -hmm. have three excerpts for each Parsha. Mm -hmm. I take what I want to do that. He said to me, Jordana, let me explain. Yeah, I'm listening. Because let me explain something to you. He said, you know, guess who buys more Parsha books, women or men? So I said, I don't know. He says, women. He says, and do you know how many women write those Parsha books? Very few. Yeah. Okay, says, but women are sell. not. But that. Okay. Okay, but that's not so push it because women are not usually scholars that sit and write Parsha books. Right. I hear, so but we just, could. We could. There is a lot of people that could. Okay, maybe they will. Maybe they right. will. But, so I'm just but, saying, I had that. I had that like an expression. Can I? I relate. I hear that. I hear yeah. that. Listen, yeah. at the end of the day, things are never perfect, but to live a life full of anger about what no. could have been better is, uh, it's, you know, you right. don't move so on. that would be a mistake. Right. <laughs> that would be a mistake. So I just keep, listen, I have, I'm so grateful for where I am today. I am so proud of myself of where I am today. I actually started a campaign on my own Instagram account called Real Jewish Music and Real as in R-E-E-L, encouraging the girls to stop using Gaish music in their reels. Like mm. enough with this Gaish music. And mm. people are appreciating that. And that makes me yes. feel good. Here I am using social media to send the message of music, which is my heart, and to send the message of Jewish music, which is my soul. Right. <laughs> and like, it's a very positive feeling that, that I have influence in a holy way. So. Right. So, so I was going to ask you, what would be your proudest moment? So currently, maybe that would be something that you're very proud mm. of. My or proudest moment, though, but let me think for okay. one second, because there okay, might sure. be more. Okay. <laughs> My proudest moment. You know, that's a really good question. I actually never thought about that. I don't know if I've had it yet. Mm. I don't know if I've had it yet. I will tell you that when, um, when people... When people, when I see that people respond to my music, um, it's such a beautiful feeling every time that I don't, you know, my life is full of little proud moments. I'm really, you know, happy with the things I've been given. I'm grateful to Hashem. I have a lot of gratitude in that way. I recognize that uh, it's a gift that I was given and that, and I, and I continue to be given. Um, 
and I just, you know, I just, I just try to grow and be a good person. And I forgot the question. <laughs> hey, it was a proud moment. But it was, proud but you're moment. you're weaving you're weaving right into the last question I have for you. And again, like I said, you feel free to ask me afterwards. Okay. So my last real question is, what you want to be remembered for? Like when somebody will say, "Oh, Hanala was." Um, I I want people Hanala to remember is? that. I want people to appreciate that my humor. I, it's really like something that. And it's, it's really, it's really a gift because mm -hmm. to be able to make people laugh is such a, it's such a great mm -hmm. feeling. Um, and I, and I appreciate that I'm able to do that. And I always find a way to make people laugh and people have mm -hmm. such hard lives and yes. people have so many challenges and like, at the end of the day, we can all still laugh. They laughed right. in the, in Auschwitz, they laughed. Jews right. just, we, you know, we know how to I'm laugh listening. through the pain. So I do want right. to remember, be remembered as someone who really took the time and, and made the effort to share joy, like not to unload, not to bring people down, not to complain, not to make the world a more heavy place, but to make the world a funner place, a lighter place, a more joyful right. place, a, more musical place. Like, I really hope that people remember me in a positive way like that. Um, so is there any, before we, we exit and we say goodbye and you tell everybody where they could come, did you want to ask me anything? Cause I know you had said you had. Well, I'll tell you like this, more than ask you, I want to tell you something. I, um, first of all, I appreciate that you're doing this podcast because at the end of the day, none of us are becoming rich, you know, sharing our knowledge and our, our, or in all these things. So the fact that you take the time to do it in and of itself, is just a beautiful reflection of who you are and what you value. And I think that's beautiful. And I appreciate that. Um, I, I, I don't know, like, my, I guess I would love it if people would buy my kumzits. It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And you can watch it once and watch it over and over. It's yours. It's like buying a DVD that you own at the Hanala concert, it's, you know, really mm -hmm. special. I have a course on show business and songwriting that's excellent. I had interviews with A.B. Rottenberg and Yessi Green and, and um, Country Yessi. And I really explored great musical minds and, and understand how to, you know, how they succeeded. And I, I feel like I have what to offer for people who would like to be entertainers, not social media entertainers, real right. entertainers on stage <laughs> with instruments, right. playing at weddings and performing and doing great jobs, bringing some fuck to the party. Um, so, and anyone can reach out to me. I'm, I'm here. I'm here to make you laugh and I'm here to listen and I'm here to be a friend. And yeah. <laughs> okay, so, you know, we'll do Hanala in, in, in the caption and everything where they listen to the podcast, we'll put a link. Sure, whatever. Off. It's so all good. Great. So if it's anybody's interested to go further, if they have, they're interested in a career, sure. even if they just want to have a conversation, if they want to have a conversation with you, Hanala, where's the best platform for them to reach you? Probably on Instagram. That's where most people reach out to me. Okay, great. So if anybody yeah. has an interest, please reach out. She is <laughs> awesome. She's all about, like I said, how I started, I'm going to end. Hanala is about helping everybody shine. So thank you so much for joining me, Hanala. I so appreciate it. It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. And you keep shining. You're, oh. you're a beautiful light. I could see thank it you. through the screen. Uh, I'm sorry we couldn't see. I'm sorry we didn't see each other in Florida, Florida but I'm right. to them next time. Next time, next time. All right.
Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Drink It In The Podcast. You can find all my episodes and so much more at maverickpodcasting.com. Come connect and say hi with me on Instagram at drinkitin underscore Jordana. If you like the show, leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.